All right. You're a shit on IndyCar? I don't think I'm going to shit on IndyCar as much as you are. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll see how this goes. I guess. Welcome to the Big Motor Small Boy Podcast. I'm Buddy Foley. And I'm Seth Dolby. And it's the Indy 500 again. Um, Seth obviously was there this year. If you didn't see it on Twitter, you're living on the rock because apparently 100,000 people saw it. Um, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about the Indy 500 and his experience there. I obviously was not there. Um, Joseph Bugard finally winning the Indy 500. The multitude of red flags that happened. And of course, the uh, feel-good story of the month. Santino Ferrucci and AJ Foyt. Next on the Big Motor Small Play Podcast. glad i had a few days to think about this one i think it's gonna hurt my my argument like i'm not as passionate about it as i was in the moment (laughs) i got some i got some griping to do i think that's good though because i feel like i don't know i feel like i feel like we we needed to we needed to go in on on chase elliott like we did the other day and then and then do this i feel yeah I would have dropped a lot of f bombs if we would have recorded. <laughs> we recorded some sometime after after that. IndyCar would have caught a lot of a lot of them from me. If the if so here if the uh, Xfinity race hadn't rained out, I would have lobbied for us to do this Monday night. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, yeah, yeah, that would have made the most sense. But yeah, I didn't. What time did you get home on Monday? <laughs> like fucking two thirty in the morning. Yeah, I think I got home at like one thirty or whatever. Yeah. But... Yeah. Oh god, that was it was a long weekend. Um I I thought it was a long weekend for me. I don't know what what was more tiring for me me waiting out the rain or you driving getting up at what two o'clock in the morning on Monday. Oh shit. On um on Monday to get to Charlotte. Yeah. I well so I don't know. Like by the when the sun came up, I felt pretty good. And yeah, waiting, that's kind of your mo. Yeah, waiting for the rain is just brutal because it's yeah. so boring. Thank so you. So I feel like I'd rather have been coming in from nine hours away. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, because we, I mean, we were talking about this all week, pretty much all week. Was yeah. you know, hey, it's looking weather's looking bad. You could come to six hundred. And well, we've been talking about it for like four years now. That's that is true. That is also true. But this is the first like real opportunity. And um, yeah, dude, take me through like that day. Like, because we, I mean, we were talking most of that day, talking on Sunday, talking about the rain, especially you know, after the 500 ended. Yeah, well, so it started, it started in the morning um, when I texted you, I'd been obviously, yeah, we've been looking at the radar, not the radar, I wouldn't look, I was just looking at the weather app, but, um, and I said, hey, yeah, basically, can you get me a ticket? And you went ahead and sent me one, I guess, Caleb had sent you like four. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Caleb. He he got Caleb. Yeah, we we made good use of all the all the tickets that he was able to help us out with. Um, So I went ahead and had a ticket already. Without um, Caleb, this double would not have happened. 
it well, probably could have, but I could have just bought a Xfinity ticket for like thirty five bucks because they were allowing everything in. But um, but it's still very appreciated to not have to worry about that. That was that yeah. was very nice. Um, but yeah, as soon as I got it and like had it accepted, my head went to, <clears throat> oh my god, this is gonna happen, and then. Oh no no no! Something it's gonna run. It's they're gonna run tonight. They're gonna run like two hundred and one laps tonight, and the race is gonna end. Like that was kind of where my head was, and I was just like, "All right, I gotta stop thinking about it." Go to the Indy five hundred. We or we do our our whole pre pre race uh, ritual, which was not in its normal spot. It was no. Nah, take me take me through that, man. Take us through the ritual because I mean I got okay. to experience the ritual last year. You and did get it's, to experience it's something the special. It is. It is. It's a very special thing. So normally the so it's changed recently because we've started staying in the area or very very close um and you stay at david land's house i think we could say it (laughs) yeah okay we stay at david land's house um the address is actually i didn't have the address (laughs) i had a a known point and okay i I was like about to leave and i was like fuck i don't know where i'm going i know where is near it so I put that in the GPS. That's a whole different story, but that involves giving you, away too did many. Did you stay on David Owen's porch again, or did you actually have like a, a house? No. So Joe and Dave had brought a cot, and we're trying to give it to Darian like really hard. And Darian was like already on the floor, like half asleep, and he's just like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm good, guys. I'm, I'm already respect to the asleep. man." And so then they looked at me and said, "You're sleeping on the cot," and I was like. I, okay, I guess I'm sleeping on the cot. And I was like, oh, Dude, I'll grab, it was... my, grab my uh, sleeping bag and, and whatever. <laughs> David Land's house is like, it's like a bunker for like all the like racing YouTubers. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is, it is basically that. I mean, last year we had obviously Kyle and Joe and, um, and you know, David lives there. Um, and we were gracious enough to allow David to be there while we used his house. Um, yeah. And Dale Tanhart was there last year. And yeah. like, I mean, and then this year you said Darian. I mean, it, it's it's a vibe, dude. It, it's a fun time. So shout out to David for that one. Oh, yeah. There's there's nothing like it. Darian's a Darian's fun to be around. And we're, everyone's everyone's fun to be around. I just mentioned yeah. Darian specifically because he's first time he was over there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, they give me. They give me this cot and I'm sitting there. I'm in the, I guess it's the living room because the den is where the TV is. The living where you, room's where. Yeah, I don't think um, we have to like explain the layout of this house. Like, no, we gonna, don't. There's a like, there's a den I feel like David Wayne. Yeah, like we don't need David Wayne getting robbed and then this podcast coming back up and <laughs> being like, well, well, they knew exactly where to go. <laughs> I'm not explaining where it is. You can all you can see from the front. It never mind. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the house is purple no it's not um i'm honestly if david if david was stupid he would paint the house purple because that'd be what people would be looking for yeah the big but, uh, giant barney house <laughs> anyway so that's friday well i guess if we want to start from the the very beginning i drove through the middle of the night to get to carb day yeah you're an so, idiot well, uh, it is we what did it this is. last year and said we weren't going to do it again. <laughs> I did it a little bit better this year. I left at 8 p.m. instead of 1 a.m. Okay, um, that's better. Yeah, so 8 p.m. I rolled in at about 5:30, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I actually killed it. I only stopped one time. 
fantastic. Stopped That's a in record, West Virginia. Because you got the you got the bladder of oh yeah, oh yeah, four year old. I was not able to do that on the way back. Um, I guess I don't uh, need to know about your pee stops. Like, I, I well, I will get into one because it was pretty funny. Okay, um, right. but anyway. So, yeah, got in about 530, tried to find a bathroom, wound up just going out behind David's shed um, at <laughs> 530, 545 in the Hold morning. Hold on. Do you remember the road course last year? We got there late and we just slept on David's old David's porch. <laughs> it's like nine o'clock in the morning. We haven't we're stayed at David's house. He hasn't seen us. And like all of a sudden, I'm like in the front. I'm in the front or David comes out and I'm in standing next to the porch, like in his driveway shirtless with these like thigh high, like pink shorts on brushing my teeth. Yeah. David Lynch. <laughs> he just and was like, yeah. what the fuck? I was like, <laughs> Hey buddy. <laughs> hey. Oh man. Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, didn't have this didn't happen i want more or less i more or less meant tell us about the morning of that tradition of oh well yeah i just breakfast i just wanted to do breakfast in the north 40 i feel like that could be like a like a segment yeah so normally it's north 40 this year we were at david's house that's that was the difference of it but um dave joe's dad um well joe joe does it too now but or joe's Um, always helped but dave donahue the goodest dude in this world goodest dude yep the goodest dude i told him i told him on sunday night i said the only thing annoying because he's always you know dave he's always like apologizing for talking and telling stories and stuff and i said yeah i said dave the only thing annoying about you is that you apologize for <laughs> for not for telling for, for telling dope good ass stories yeah i said that's the only thing that annoys me about you, you need to stop doing that he goes oh okay <laughs> got you i would I would kill to have Dave Donahue on this podcast. That'd be I would fantastic. Kill, like, it would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, not Dave Donahue, the race car driver, the real Dave Donahue. Is there another Dave Donahue? Yeah, David Donahue, the race car driver. Oh, I only knew of Mark Donahue. I didn't know there was another one. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway. Um. Uh. So, yeah, Sunday, I get my ticket. We have our dope ass Indy 500 pre-race sandwiches, which I asked for a name and they gave one to me and I've forgotten. You are a terrible human being for that. Dude, these, oh God, there's a video out there of us reviewing them from last year. I meant to put a super cut together of a bunch of us trying them and giving our review guy thumbs ups. They're so good. They are so good. Um, And we added, we added bacon um last year and i i advocated for bringing bacon back into it again this year and that's what we ended up doing so the bacon is is very good of course um even without the bacon focus on the smithfield focus on we did not buy smithfield um i know because i picked it out we got all the ingredients the night before um but anyway so we get done wrap that up around 10 30 and head into the racetrack and proceed to watch a very good Indy 500 for the most part. Um, and then oh, hot. did you sit in the same place we sat last year? Pretty much. It was, it was three. Not, yeah. yeah. 
basically dude was it how what was the temperature like because it was hot it was balls last year much cooler or fair a good bit cooler than last year not i can tell you're like your normal pale self you're not oh i wore sunscreen oh wow i've worn sunscreen two weeks in a row which is a fucking record that's a miracle yeah it is it's 100 um yes i wore sunscreen i think i got a little bit burnt on my knees Joe and I both reapplied a couple times during a race on our knees. And I don't still care got about burnt. your sunscreen application. You told me to take me through the day. Take you through the day. So, I no, it. I told you to take me through that morning and the traditions of it because it, it is it is something special, especially with the group that we have, like with sure. Joe and Dave and and you know was Brian there? Yep, Brian, yeah, Brian, um, just every, everybody. Yeah. Do you have a beer at 5.30 in the morning like you normally do? No, I didn't have a beer until we got into the racetrack. I scoff at you. I didn't have a beer at 5 a.m. last year. That's true. We forgot to bring beer to the track last year. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, we, we did do we're, that. We're degenerates for that one. Well, like, I, I'm kind of on board with, with Dave's plan, which is drink minimally before and, like, during the first half of the race to avoid needing to go to the bathroom. Cause it is a absolute maze getting in and out of the grandstands at IMS. Um, but I wound up having two beers early and then seven right. toward the end of the race. <laughs> so yeah, it hit, 50, the... it hit 50 to go. And I was like, all right, it's beer 30. This is, this is the old big butter small. This is the, this is the big butter small blade, uh, shrinking, uh, Drinking tradition. I I get hammered the morning of, and Seth gets hammered like half midway through the race. We like we switch. It's like a it's like a relay a relay race. It it does feel that way. At the very least, I'm not as much of an alcoholic during the week as I have been in the past. So that's okay. I was hammered the Monday, <laughs> like during the race. Yeah, or like before again. A little bit, a little bit both. A little bit both. Yeah. I yeah Monday. Okay, we'll get we'll get there later. I I drank like four on Monday and then started falling asleep during the first stage and I was like, okay, I gotta stop. This is not good. Yeah. But All anyway. right, any five hundred, take me through the vibe of it because, like, I mean, describe it for the people who have never been to the Indy five hundred. Like the it, smells, the sounds, the the vibe, the energy. The vibe is of if you've ever been to like a big music festival, that is kind of the vibe. So North Wilkesboro. With three hundred thousand people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot like that. Um it's I don't know, it's really it's kind of hard to explain because it's like every one of us up there in our group were we like I can't stand being in that many people. To be completely yeah. honest with you, I'm not a fan of it. And I don't, IMS is not particularly comfortable anywhere. No. I even said this no, like for, for as much as we love this place, it is not really built. Like the infield and everything is, is great for fan interaction and everything. The grandstands aren't minimal. There yeah, is, there's yeah. no room. Um, it's, just it's a chore getting in and out of it yeah. um but we put up with it because the vibe is so good and and the history of it and everything it's 
it's worth it, but it is by itself exhausting. Just I felt out there. of place there last year. I felt very out of place. It kind of like even me, I I've been six times now and it still kind of feels like like I'm not really it feels almost like I'm not the target demographic, despite the fact that I follow the IndyCar series on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, pretty much every race this year they've run when we're at a cup race. So I haven't been able to really watch as much, but I still follow and it doesn't, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't feel like an IndyCar race. It doesn't feel like any NASCAR race either. Like that's like the one thing um, I think you got to get used to with it is the, just metric fuck ton of casuals that are there. And I don't really mean that as a bad thing. Um, like, yeah, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are into the race. It is not like, it's not like that everyone in the grandstands is, you know, not really paying attention to the race. They're definitely paying attention to the race. They may not know everything to the level that, that we do and they don't follow it week to week. They don't do this side or the other, but they're definitely into the race. It's just on a much more casual level. Yeah. I think, um, I think if I go, if I ever go again, I think I'm going to ball out and get, get a penthouse seat. Cause I think. Good luck. If I give a shot. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'll just put my name on a list. And whenever it comes available, then I'll go to the 500 again. Um, 35 not, years from now. I'm not in a rush. Um, yeah, I mean the it is a ton of people, and it is. Yeah, I mean it's just like I mean it's the largest sports gathering in pretty much the world, right? Oh, and, for one day, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is, it is so much bigger. It is, it's more than obviously it's more than a race. And it's it's incredible how much bigger it almost seems out of place on the IndyCar schedule because oh, 100%. like the IndyCar schedule is like and just IndyCar in general outside of the Indianapolis 500. It's so like much more low key. And then you have just this Goliath of a race and an event and a, you know, gathering of human life. And it's just it is something something to behold at least once in your life. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would it's, say at least twice. I'm a, I'm a firm believer firm believer you got to experience things twice. That's to get fair. A, a full you know yeah. understanding. Well, especially now cuz like even carb day like it you couldn't move around. When we went into the infield during carb day like there was no room. There were so yeah. many fucking people there. So yeah, I that's mean, when I start swinging. That would be a bad move. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't recommend swinging in in a crowd just because it just seems yeah, like a bad idea. Yeah. Um, like I remember, I remember being at Carb Day in sixteen, and being like, okay, there's a lot of people here, but I don't know. Like it, it Carb Day is always packed. I'll put it that way. But this year just felt like there were just so many more people i didn't get the full carb day experience last year because it rained at one time um we didn't we didn't get there till 1 30 that didn't help yeah true all right let's get into the actual meat of the meat of the event okay are we just gonna we're gonna talk about the race and then finish up the the double or is this the event you're talking about yeah 
Start, no, I mean the the. Let's talk about the race, and then we'll okay. we'll get to the aftermath of the race. Okay, gotcha. Here's a All story right. to tell. Here, there is a story to tell, and I am not a good storyteller. No, you're not. But you no. know what? You were there, so this is your this is your show. This is my show. Okay. Yeah. So, Alex Palau started on pole. Sorry. All I right. Had... Don't uh, don't do this to me. Don't take me through all 200 laps. I don't. I watched the damn thing. All right. Kinda. So we went we went green for about the first half. I think the caution or no, was it longer than that? No, I, I think the know. caution came out like came out white. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Ninety six or something like that. Yeah. Um, it was shaping up as a fun one because I mean we ran. We ran four stints basically, and the pack was still all together. Yeah. I was like, "Oh boy!" Well, I mean, a lot of that was what fuel saving and whatnot too. Which it was, but even I then, saw... like we've seen other races where they were fuel saving and it still spread out. I mean, eighteen's yeah. the big example of that. But I feel like you almost got to compare this to more of like a thirteen fourteen type race. In a sense, it felt like more of that than it had in the past four to five years um yeah, this was the most like a, a arrow kit or original dw12 race we've had since yeah. we went to the universal arrow kit portion. and like i saw some people complaining about the about the fuel saving and like about that t- style of racing and i mean dude honestly like you have to appreciate that like you have to do what you need to do to win and sometimes that's not the most exciting thing in the world like i mean it is all you're building up to trying to win the biggest race in the world so you i mean it's that's just how it you got to appreciate the process of it and even then i mean yeah it was it was i compare it to formula one and drs it's you know just kind of passing at will, you know, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's visually appealing and just better than people riding online. Yeah. hundred percent. But essentially it goes back to my, my complaint a little while ago that people think they want to watch auto racing and then they actually yeah. do. And it's not exactly what they had in mind. No. And also here's the thing. The goal of the race is to be the fastest person to get from point A, which is lap one, to point B, which is lap 200. That's the goal. Whatever you do in between and however you get that done is really irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. Like It it all adds up to it, but it doesn't matter how it gets done. It's just about getting it done. Yeah. And especially when you have a race going that's, that's running really clean that's that's the move you need you need to hit fuel numbers and you need to try and minimize your time on pit road and that's how you're going to get that done you got to keep your track position and it's the smartest way to get about it we don't need we don't need to go in there and and you know pass a bunch of times unnecessarily or or make an aggressive move if you can ride in fourth with a really good car like marcus erickson did for a long time and fourth or third or fourth whatever where he was yeah but it it worked out for him because they had that thing dialed in and he didn't need to be leading the race it's like they were plate racing in a sense people people think plate racing is a certain way and it's really the exact same as this like kind of just you know you got to bide your time and 
you know, be there at the end to finish mm-hmm. first. You first must finish. Yeah, the old the age old saying. So you gotta you gotta respect the process. Hundred percent, and and that's kind of the thing too with with the way the Indy 500 has been the past few years there's been a lot of especially a lot of people a lot of us a lot of us NASCAR guys came into IndyCar around 2013-14 that was yeah. kind of the racing that drew us into IndyCar because it was the most compatible with what we knew and what we already liked which was yeah tough, and tough you obviously racing. had Kurt Busch um, doing the double and yeah that, that helped definitely... a lot and then the American you know Ryan Hurray winning definitely helped too i feel like because you know american born driver yeah um, yeah but yeah. then then we got away from that a little bit and i've definitely seen some i mean obviously the in-house attendance has been fantastic through this other than 20 and 21 for obvious reasons but well i i say that 21 was like the the <laughs> You talk about how this race looked on T. I don't. I assume it looked really good on TV. That's how twenty one felt in person. Just, it was only like one hundred fifty thousand people there. I guess I say only, but it was it was about one hundred fifty thousand people there. It felt full. It was yeah. a weird experience. But anyway, um, the 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 diehards of the five hundred have not really had as much of an issue with with the recent direction as I feel like a lot of the people who came in around, around 13, 14 kind of did. And I get it. And, and I, I feel like, I feel like what we had in about 21 was probably the best possible option we had where you could pass. And it was, it was doable, but we didn't really, you still had to have a really good car to do it. Um, I feel like it was almost too easy to pass this year with with the extra downforce they added onto the cars or drag or whatever i don't know i'm probably biased because i went to the you know obviously went to the 500 last year and it was not the best showing and so this year was a little bit more of a welcome sight at least for me um so i'm probably the wrong person to ask but i i know what you mean like it well, was I definitely, I, I you had a great time with this race for what that's Well, no, worth. yeah, you definitely yeah. needed to be second. That was the spot. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Which I is, mean, the race. Yeah. no, you, The race for me, I mean, yeah, I had fun with the entire with the entire race that I was able to see. It was kind of spotty with service and whatnot in Charlotte. But it, like, I mean, it was visually appealing Obviously, NBC with Lee Diffie and Townsend Bell and New, uh, not New Garden, Hinchcliffe. Hinchcliffe. Um, they they portray they portray and paint the picture very well, and it you know was a from start to finish a compelling, very very compelling race to watch, yeah. which is a rarity for IndyCar nowadays. It seems like. At least in my opinion. Well, it's a rarity for a race this long in general. Like it's True. just it's yeah. just hard. Like you don't in in any in any long race, you're gonna have peaks and valleys. And it's just it's really rare to have one that just from start to finish is, is incredibly compelling. Um, I mean you could argue a cup plate race is like that. I wouldn't because they just ride around for half of it. Yeah. Um I guess the 600 the past couple of years has been incredibly compelling for the entirety, but 
that's not the norm with the Coca-Cola 600 or it hasn't yeah. been for a long time. Um, so, and it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing if it's not either. That's just kind of the nature of it. You again, yeah. back to what, back to the old quote, you got to, to finish the race in first, you must first finish. Yeah. So, um, now getting into like the, the juicy stuff, the juicy stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously there was a huge wreck. Well, hang with... on. We got to, we got to start. So Polo and VK are the, right. the front runners in this race for the entirety of that first half. We have our first caution, which was for, I don't remember Catherine leg. Probably. I don't know. No, um, yeah, I don't remember. Oh, no, no. Was. That was the Stingray Rob wreck. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Stingray Rob yeah. wreck. Dude, hell um, of a name. Yeah, fantastic. I have the koozie somewhere. It's probably in my backpack. But uh, when I did the the report on, on Monday, I had that koozie, and some dude in the comments was like, why has this dude got a Cody wear koozie? Oh, no. <laughs> I, said, I was like, dude, oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. Oh man, R.I.P. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why you you got canceled. That's why I happened. got I got canceled. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. Uh, so yes, we come down and pit. Now, didn't and... V.K. get a penalty for this? Yes, he did. Why did he get a penalty? Because I don't understand how. I mean, yeah. I mean, he spun he... the car out, or he went too far out, spun it, and hit. Polo. Well, I mean, he had to get around whoever's in front of him. Well, he still can't hit Alex Polo. What do you mean to? He lost it. Okay, that doesn't mean it's not a penalty. He's on cold tires, and he had he was trying to whip it out of the box because he's he's boxed in. I don't know. I didn't. I mean, well, I if, saw that. If, as a... if you if you overdo it and you cause an accident on pit lane, then that is that is a penalty. The penalty is not based off intent. Obviously, he didn't intend to hit Alex Polo, but. He did, and he cost him a whole lot of track position. I don't know. I don't. The justified penalty. I don't necessarily agree with that, just because I don't. Yeah, obviously the t- intent is never that, but I don't even feel like he was trying to be any sort of aggressive or putting anyone at risk. Like I, I just felt like he was, he was trying to get out of the pits, and you know he cold tires lost it. I don't know. I don't disagree with you, but that doesn't make it not a penalty. I get uh, Yeah, I don't know. I've... I mean, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate for him and Polo because, I mean, they were both – they were going to be the two battling for the win. Maybe Erickson could have gotten up there, but those two were definitely by far the strongest two cars in clean air. Yeah, so, I mean – I mean, it yeah. changed the entire complexion of the race because it brought, it brought Erickson in, it brought Pato in. New Garden was was getting there. It was Rosenquist. hard to tell. Rosenquist, yeah, it was really it was hard to tell with with New Garden if he really had the car or or not. I at some points it looked like he did. At other points, Claren was Sam. Claren was sandbagging. It looked like Penske had like really had him a piece early in the month, and McLaren kind of came out the gate for uh, qualifying. And I mean that doesn't fully surprise me. No, it doesn't. I wouldn't say it was. It surprised me, but it was just. It was interesting to me because they were really. It seemed like in testing and in early parts of the month, it seemed like Penske actually had him a piece, 
and then it seemed like the the narrative was Ganassi is going to dominate again like they did and then McLaren kind of came out and as the dominant force and then Renus has been there the past couple of years so it was just interesting to me to see kind of the phase of the month and who we thought was good because normally at least in my experience you've been able to tell like out the gate like okay the here's who's gonna who's who we're gonna have to beat whereas i feel like there was eight or ten guys versus one or two in the years past yeah i mean the field was definitely stacked this year as far yeah. as just who who had a shot i mean we were rolling through it in the morning like who's gonna win or who has the best shot and we come up with like 12 guys yeah. that we thought had a had an opportunity to win the race so it, it, usually yeah like you said usually you do not have that no. You usually have a couple guys. Now it was more, it was a lot more in like the arrow kit era, but in the past five years, it has not nearly been like that. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, getting more into the, let's talk about the wreck, the big old, the big old wreck. Yeah. Um, obviously Rosequist kind of just gets high and loses it and hits the wall and then clips, uh, Kirkwood yep. and Kirkwood goes in the wall, flips over, and a tire obviously gets over the fence. Yeah. Um, I no longer want IndyCar to come to Charlotte. That's for damn sure. Um, I had been advocating for him to come to Charlotte because um, you know, the argument was, well, they killed people at Charlotte. Well, they've killed people at Michigan and and uh Indianapolis, and everybody's, you know. Obviously, Indy's Indy, and then everybody wants to lobby for for Michigan to come back, um, especially someone in particular we know, and then, you know, goes and, you know, has the hypocrisy in him to deny, you know, Indy cars coming back to Charlotte. But um, I'd rather not get hit by a tire, so I'm going to go ahead and Well, just don't sit in your normal seats. Sit up and and Uh, turn four with me. uh, I'll just... Well, th- I, that probably be where it fucking happened. <laughs> what 30, 30 rows up? No, I don't think so. That's where it, that's when it that's literally basically the same spot it happened in ninety nine. Thirty rows up. I feel like it was like in the twenties ish. Okay, we'll was... sit. We'll sit in the way up grandstand that I sit for the Roval. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, um, obviously this is a. It became a good story because they had the the woman whose car got hit come out and kiss the bricks, and they did a whole bunch of the whole thing with that. And I, obviously, they're gonna do that, but it felt like a lot of people ignored how fucking terrible and how the potential for detriment this could have been okay. to the entire series. Um, because, you know, obviously we added tethers after Charlotte, the Charlotte incident happened. And I mean, it was that no chance. It was obviously was kind of a freak accident, but also not really like, I mean, that accident could happen. How many times do we see a guy spin off the wall, go down the grass and come back up in the traffic? And that wreck could happen a million, a hundred times. You know, well, it's also it's not like wheels haven't come off recently. I mean, Connor Daly got hit with one last year. 
So it's That's not right. like, yeah, it's not like this hasn't happened. So I don't know. I don't remember what the incident was with, with the one last year, but yeah, I don't, it, it rear tires seem to come off fairly easy these days. It just, man, like, you, I don't know what you do. Like, I don't, I don't know what you do. I mean, you, you dodged the bullet. It, you, you had a one in a million shot to, you know, five hole it right up the middle of the, the suites and turn two and the end of the grandstands there in the middle. And well, and with God. the mass humanity at the track, it's amazing. No one else, no one's yeah. walking. No one just, got hit. yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, they dodged a huge bullet. They, I mean, especially like nowadays, I feel like it's less, not that it was acceptable back in the day, but it was less success acceptable for something like that to happen nowadays yeah like i mean we all talk about like tony renna and how like how that could have ended indycar had that been a race situation i think we're i think honestly we're in the same boat with this this if this would have happened if if that tire goes pretty much anywhere else who knows what the outcome is for indycar yeah it would yeah, it definitely it would have ended this event a hundred percent and it would have immediately. Yeah, and it would have thrown a lot into jeopardy. Yeah, for sure. Like I don't I don't know. I feel like the Indy five hundred itself is almost too big to fail by this point. But yeah, but it definitely I would love would've... to not have to find out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um because I just remember so we're in three and on the video board when i assume it was like this on the tv broadcast too when it actually ended up happening in the moment they were on board with rosenquist so we didn't see that part of it we just saw them cut to kirkwood upside down so we freaked out about that for a minute because you know anytime someone gets upside down in an car, you hold your breath a little bit until they get they get out and all we saw was a black bottom of a car sliding on the wall. We're like, that's not fucking good. Yeah. Like, and luckily that ended up being okay. Um, thank thankfully, Kirkwood's fine. And then we finally see the replay, and we all kind of I feel like there was kind of just a gasp in turn three when the replay came on. And see, we see, I saw it. Okay. We're like, that's a fucking tire did that just bat you know, shoot out yeah and we're sitting there looking we're like did that go in the grandstands and i'm sitting there staring at the turn two grandstands i'm like i feel like i would see like a gap and like some yeah movement. and so on the broadcast at least from what i remember i saw the tire go like you know immediately saw it shoot over luckily at least the angle they were at i could tell like in the moment okay it went through the gap like we're we're fine but like still like holy fuck <laughs> like yeah. that's not good that's not yeah. good it's so they gotta they're gonna oh it's i'm sure they're gonna they're gonna fix it or try find some way to make sure that happened as there's a lesser opportunity for that to happen 
Um, maybe the fence needs to be raised just a little bit. I don't know. It it cleared that thing by like thirty feet. It looked like. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't know. Like I feel like, because like that's the, the the obvious I guess thought is raise the fence way up, but I feel like at a certain point, the fence would be too tall to stop a race car, which is its main goal. Like I feel like if if at its current height it is designed to be able to those poles are designed to be able to stop a moving race car and i feel like if it got too tall it would not be as strong in that i don't know that for a fact man we got the technology i feel like the fences at indy are also shorter than nascar fences i feel like are they i feel like they are maybe i'm i'm a could be remembering that completely wrong but i feel like they're shorter See, they're that, they're so they're taller at Charlotte than anywhere else, are they not? Because of the nineties incident? I have no clue. Because no. I always feel like they're really tall at Charlotte, but despite popular belief, I was born in the nineties. So I don't I don't remember the eighteen nineties, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, so that sets up the uh the first red flag. Um and so that was with what, fifteen to go ish? Yeah, fifteen ish. Okay. So I don't feel like they needed the red flag there. Any well, no, that's a lie. That no, definitely probably needed a red flag. Obviously, yeah, Kirk there was upside so down. Many. They had to clear yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that red flag made sense to me. Yeah, um, and then we get down to you know what was it? Um, we went well. We the last or that second red flag came out with I think seven to go. I don't know how many laps we were in under yellow for that i feel like we ran several yeah. second red flag well that's i want to talk about that that was when yeah. pato wrecked right yeah. yeah um so pato gets catches a lot of flack last year for not being aggressive enough to win the indy 500 which i think was justified i don't think it was justified because the man's thought about the bigger picture he, i mean he went for it but he also was like you know what I'd rather not hit the wall at Indy. And I also am in the hunt to win an Indy car championship. I'd like to try to do that. And I think wrecking my car and potentially getting myself hurt and also losing a whole fuck ton of points because was it double points last year? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you, I, I thought it was a very smart and calculated move from a very fiery young driver. And then this year he kind of just does the complete opposite. Yeah. So I watched this entire incident develop and finish. And yeah, there was there was a lane. A lane. No. Uh, I knew as not... soon as he went for it, I was like, that's I I literally as soon as I was my mom likes Pato. Yeah. As soon as he went for it, I go, there goes Pato. He hadn't even, they haven't even gotten a turn yet. I said, there he goes. He's done. Yeah. Like, I mean, I pretty mean, much everyone in, in our grandstand knew it. Cause I mean, he went down low and did not, uh, Erickson yeah. didn't give him and any room to swing back up. Were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, Anakin I mean, it was Allen, obvious what was going to Fastest lawnmower in Indiana. Uh, the amount of people that ran through the grass on the back straightaway was astonishing, and none of them wrecked. I mean, I guess yeah. Pato clipped the grass I, in. Three, I know who but... I'm giving. I know who I'm giving my uh my sundress to. TK. Damn long, the damn long keepers at Indianapolis. 
I was about to right. say Roger. Roger was probably having a cow up in there, like they're getting on the grass. They're getting on grass. Yeah, I mean, there's signs all around Indy. Stay off the grass. No one told TK that. I mean, I guess you kind of just have to deal with that for the racetrack, but I don't know. You can make it look as nice as possible, but someone's gonna wreck. I love to in just there, think so. Roger Penske's up there and in, in the on the pagoda, just having him come apart, like just having a full-on conniption like don't stop driving on my damn grass <laughs> sounds like uh sounds like mike Harmon, but anyway uh, um uh, yeah. but yeah so that was that was like the first i think that was like the first indy car indy 500 wreck that had happened in front of me in like four years so it was and that was a big one. It was uh it was interesting. Yeah, that was a hell of a hit. What the fuck was Augustine Canapito do? Canapino would whatever the fuck his name is. What was he doing? I don't know. Fucking arc breaks out there. Dude, I couldn't pick out his car at all because it I looked w- like fucking Wendy's a Wendy's uniform. It looked like like look, fucking Wendy right here. Right here is wearing that same shirt. It was Dude. he's wearing his he's she's wearing his car right there. He's wearing his car. Yeah. Um I, I feel like this is sacrilegious where having a Bojangles hard sweet tea and a Wendy's koozie. But anyway. I don't, I don't feel like Bojangles and Wendy's are, are direct competitors. Wendy's has chicken. Yeah, they do, chicken but they're nuggets. not known for it. Like I don't know. I love me some Wendy's chicken nuggets. Does Bojangles have chicken nuggets? I don't think they do. I they're what are fucking chicken strips? They're long chicken nuggets. That's they're, they're not the same. I'm sorry. They're the, they're the same. They're, they're not the same. They're the same. They're just Wendy's bigger. doesn't have chicken strips. That's like you were like a fucking you were like a person at Domino's who who like I want my pizza cut in triangles instead of squares and like complain. They about are it. cut in triangles. What are you talking about? No, some of them are cut in squares. Yeah, I know the thin crust. I really like those. Yeah, exactly. And some people have a conniption if it's cut in squares instead of triangles. And it's like it tastes the same. It all comes out of shit. Get the only it. difference is the only difference is, is you only get the pieces on the edge that have the crust and all the others don't. That's the only difference. I mean, yeah, they have crust, but I just mean like the, the part. Shout Everyone... out to R and Lion Dyke. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that sets up. That's another red flag. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Could they have cleaned that up and gotten the race back going without throwing a red? You think? Um. No, I, think it would be I don't think they could have. I don't think they could have with that one. Because, I mean, we had, yeah. like, four cars out there that were junk. Yeah. Um, right. well, so okay. my view my view on that, and, and I was, we were sitting there up in the grandstands debating it because, I mean, we didn't have anything else to do. There was, they weren't racing. Um, and my thought process on it was, I don't think they should throw a red here. It helped that Joseph was leading, I'm not going to lie. But... I did not think that they needed to throw a red here, but we threw a red last year. Uh, yeah, that's what so I was going to say. Felt like, I felt like we had to, and I yeah. don't agree with it. I didn't agree with it last year, and I don't agree with it now, but I felt like we set a precedent. It had to happen. This really makes 2020 even more annoying for me because, again, we we dictate the rules of the race based off whether people are there or not, and I think that's dumb, and that hurts the integrity of the race. I, I don't do understand. Disagree. Yeah. I do understand the barrier argument for it, but there not being anybody there, they could have literally had the guys get out, 
and and cool off and whatever but anyway yeah. totally different um i don't disagree um necessarily but i and i feel like the the kirkwood red flag and the potter red flag i feel like they're red flags obviously for different reasons i think the kirkwood one was like we're this is going to be a lengthy cleanup we the track's blocked there's shit everywhere like let's just stop for stop the race and we'll get this handled and it'll just be more productive for you know everyone um and then the potter rec potter rec was obviously they wanted to get a green finish which i get the 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 purity aspect of not wanting to do that but also you got to look at it like this and it's not going to be a popular opinion but in this day and age the everything has to be as exciting as possible because of people's everything you know you have everything in the world at your fingertips so why do you want to watch this why do you want to watch this it's got to be something compelling and so you have to you have to create something compelling and i think that that was fair to um I think it was fair to throw red there, especially since they did it last year. Um, now the next one. Here's my only thing. I want, I want, I want a r- official rule in the rule book, like a red yeah. flag lap. That's what I want. Like we can throw a red up until this lap, yeah. and that would negate what happened after this, where we yeah. had another red. All right, so. We're coming to the restart. We're coming off four for the restart. And Carpenter and I don't remember who the hell else wadded up right off four. Yeah. Like race over. Should have been. Yes. I mean, that I mean, at that point, here's how I look at it. At that point. okay, you've had two red flags now. One justified, two, the second one borderline, but you know, give a give the fans, you know, give a old community college try to to get this thing done. Um, but after that, I mean, you've already almost killed a bunch of people, whether you realize it in the moment or not, and also you're just setting up to potentially get someone hurt because you're going to go like. You're going to go like, hell, it's the Indy 500. It's the greatest spectacle in racing. It's the biggest race in the world. It's the biggest race to win. And there's a whole lot of money on the line for drivers that don't really make a whole lot of money in comparison to other racing drivers. So every position matters. And the fact that you put all, take all of that and you still decide yeah, let's uh, let's red flag this again after we made ourselves look like a bunch of fucking ARCA drivers mm-hmm. on the restart is just ridiculous. No, I, I fully agree. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, the guy leading the race, no matter what, I guess both both of years, two years in a row, it was Marcus Erickson. And yeah. I said this the same thing. I said the same thing last time. Um I wish I actually had a Joseph Newgarden hat, so I didn't sound like I was pissed off, like a pissed off Erickson fan, I guess, which is kind of what I feel like I sound like. 
Um, I am a Joseph Newgarden fan. I feel like the race should have been over there. I feel like that should have been it. Yeah. Like now, granted, the only reason I could see them throwing a red for was the fact that they did have to like the track was halfway blocked. But even at that point, you red flag it, you move those cars out, don't even clean it up because you don't need to. And then you run the last two laps under yellow. Yeah. Like that would have been the only reason I would have accepted it as far as being just a Indy 500 fan first. Yeah. Um, let me, let me say this and I'm going to go off a little tangent. Um, I think a lot of the reason that, or maybe not a lot of the reason, I think there maybe was some thinking behind this. Who was up there? Yeah. Santino Ferrucci for AJ Foyt Racing was up there in the battle to win the Indianapolis 500. And I think, obviously, we saw the restart where they did wreck. Ferrucci's going for the win. He's going for the lead. He is yeah. a couple feet away. He is about two and a half seconds away from being deemed the leader. And I think if he's deemed the leader, I think they were, I think they ended. I think, I honestly think that they were wanted to try to give Ferrucci, not necessarily Ferrucci, but AJ Foyt a shot at winning this race. I mean, that's just my opinion. And I think it just, it really pisses me off because Indy people in IndyCar, a lot of people and media fans, they want to be elitist and they want to shit on NASCAR at every opportunity they get because we have green white checkers because we have these gimmicks. And, but what we saw on Sunday was fucking stupid. It was just as bad if not worse than any green white checkered I've seen in NASCAR. Like, I mean, that was that. And you know what? Like they were doing it for the fans. I get it. If you try to get a compelling finish and, you know, they've seen such a great race, but even if they do like, even if the race, which the race was great, they get this great finish. Congrats. Yeah, the Indy 500 was fantastic. It was awesome. It was everything anyone could ever hope to be. And you're not going to see anything like it until you go back to Indianapolis next year. So what are you building up to? Like, and that's the biggest gripe I have with IndyCar. I'm I'm sick of them tearing NASCAR to shreds and shitting on Formula One and saying, you know, we have better drivers, we have better racing, and telling everyone else who you know what shit they have to have fixed and their racing product isn't great outside of indianapolis and it's it wasn't even great at indianapolis the past couple of years and you know it's it's really annoying because you know rising tides you know or what's what's the saying fucking high tides rising tide raises all ships exactly yeah that um and you know so if indycar should want everyone else to to succeed because of that right there. And F1's obviously extremely popular right now. NASCAR is on the incline. And I think IndyCar will follow, but they're too busy, you know, pointing out everyone else's flaws and, you know, calling everyone out, else out. And they're just as bad as anyone else. 
And it just, it, you know, instead of like, I don't know, they're, they're following in our footsteps, essentially everything that like the green, white checkered, you know, this isn't much different. And, but yet we're, we're the ones who have the problem. And that's just, that's something that, that bugs me a lot with, with IndyCar because it's like, you know, you, we, yeah, we need to fix our issues, but you guys got a lot of issues you need to fix too. So shut the fuck up and you fix yours. We'll fix ours and we'll all thrive. Like, I mean, obviously we have a lot of friends, David Land, Kyle Cusperson. They're great people, you know, in IndyCar. They're great friends of ours. And we want them to succeed. We want IndyCar to succeed because it will make motorsports in general succeed. But, you know, it, <laughs> there's a lot of negativity towards other forms of racing. They're trying to, it almost seems like sometimes they're trying to bring other forms of racing down to their level. And I, that's a huge problem I have with IndyCar right now. It could just be my perception, and I'm sure a lot of it is, but it's just something that's driven me up the walls, and it almost makes me glad that we ended up with a finish like this. And I know that's hypocritical considering what I just said, but it almost makes me glad that we ended up like this because there's a taste of your own medicine. Rant over. I don't know how to follow that. Because all you do is shit on IndyCar, so I don't know how this works. I want it to succeed. I want it to succeed so bad for my friends that work in it, and because I like IndyCar, I think they have, I think they have the potential to have great racing. We've seen it before. They have fantastic personalities. Like these guys could be superstars. Like I mean, Joseph Newgarden. I mean, America could be an American hero. Connor Daly, same thing. If he could win a race, love Connor. <laughs> I mean, Scott Dixon is, you know, Lewis Hamilton, you know, of IndyCar. And we don't know that. And so, or the general population doesn't know that. So it's like, I want them to succeed. But when I, when they're not succeeding and they're going about pretty much everything the wrong way, it pisses me off. Could be worse. It could be Formula One. And I here's here's what I say. Here's the reason. I'm not say saying that. they should, but at least Formula One's you know succeeding right now. Here's the problem I have with that. I guess is if we follow if if we as in IndyCar, NASCAR, whatever, we follow the F1 track. F1 in at least in the states is a hundred percent not going to be this way for very much longer. I don't think we should. Sorry to cut you off, but I don't I don't think we should follow an F1. Tracks. I'm saying IndyCar's following in the tracks of us and our mistakes and our shortcomings. And they're, you know, that's all we hear about from them is our our issues. Yeah. I mean, no, that's that's fair. It's I've said I've been saying this for a long time. Racing has always been way too segregated. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no reason for the amount of se- like it's all the same. It's not the same, but the point is the same. It, it's the mild nuances that are really the only differences. It looks, it's the face. You get a facelift when you go from NASCAR to IndyCar to Formula One to World of Outlaws, whatever. You get a facelift, but the idea is still the same. The, the 
passion behind it is still the same. The intensity is usually the same. It's there's no real major difference. There's no reason we should be sitting over here fucking bickering with each other about what's better. Your series is stupid, this, that, and the other. And ironically, I know uh, it's not, I'm not calling anyone, I'm not calling anyone specifically out, but yeah, IndyCar fans are like that with NASCAR. Formula One fans are the absolute worst when their series has no racing in it whatsoever. That will be the one, that will be the one hill I die on because I'm sorry, the one thing I want out of my racing series, I don't care how hard it is to pass. I don't care how fast the cars are going. I want to see some fucking racing. Yeah. And we don't see that in Formula One, which immediately puts it toward the bottom of the list. Yeah. I don't care. The cars are awesome. I would love to watch cars go around, I don't know, the Austrian Grand Prix circuit. I, I will watch that all day. I don't really care. But there's no racing. Yeah. So it's immediately not as good. But, yeah, I... Ultimately, like, so when I was watching the finish of this race... What was pissing me off was that it was a NASCAR finish. Yeah. That's what was pissing me off about it. And that's what pissed me off about it. Yeah. And it's if like, you're going to die on this hill, die on that hill. Yeah. I, I understood like, yeah, I was glad at least for the second red flag, we had some consistency, but once we did it again, I was like, this is really stupid and I'm going to feel kind of shitty if when Joseph Newgarden finds a way to win this race, I'm going to have to feel bad about it. And I don't really no, feel bad about it. I don't think you should, because it was like we said earlier, there were so many cars that could have won that race. I mean, and I mean, he was in the catbird seat and lost it on a red flag restart. So I did kind of feel exactly. still again, yeah. that one still, it was like, okay, I don't know. That's also my big issue with it too, is we've created a package which is entertaining and fairly fair for what this is. We've we've kind of we've kind of found a middle ground, but the leader is such a sitting duck on the restart. I mean, the re- leader's always been somewhat of a sitting duck on the restart in Indianapolis, but holy shit, it was a hundred percent guarantee that you were not going to go into turn one the leader if you started yeah. as the yeah. leader, and that is. That is one of the few, the very few things that are truly frustrating to me as a race fan. I want, I don't want to see the guy in the lead get punished because he's in the lead. Yeah. If you, you earn the lead, you should be able to somewhat control your own destiny. Yeah. And I mean, we saw Pato um, and even uh, Erickson on the first, the, uh, the, the restart before the last try to mitigate that by waiting as long as humanly possible to go it never really worked mm-hmm. i well the closest would have been erickson because he well even then he wasn't going to keep I the lead if, it, if we'd have gone I'll in be honest, i don't i don't really remember yeah um, um but yeah that's like the one thing i don't know how you fix that without hurting the rest of it um the only way you fix that is you don't throw red flags with under five to go yeah, and you just I accept mean, the fact that the guy who won the race won the race. That's the only real way to do that. It reminds me so much of Coda for Cup this year, is we saw such a great race. And a lot of it was tarnished by by uh by by the finish of it and the just the absolute shit show that that it was at the finish. And I hear a lot of the same people 
who called that race out defending this one. And, you know, I've, I've chirped about IndyCar for a while and it's just been a growing frustration with the way that obviously I'm biased towards NASCAR, NASCAR fan, grow up a NASCAR fan, but I want racing in general to succeed because it's good for everyone. And I like the people over there, but it's been a growing frustration hearing all the flack that, that we get for, you know, our shortcomings, but yet, you know, you don't, you don't produce particularly great racing anywhere you go outside of Indianapolis. And even then Indianapolis, you know, wasn't, had a couple of years where it was not good at all. And I just, you know, I'm sick. I was sick of, I'm sick of the chirping. I'm sick of the chirping for it. Like, I think the only thing is, I think the only thing is, is I think you're in, you're in the minority of opinion on IndyCar racing in general. And that really just be, that comes from perspective. I don't know. I seem to remember a, a, uh, a pretty prominent media member in IndyCar um riding in a car with him and asking him about you know about that and he he was like yeah we know we know it's a problem yeah so so look no no no. i'm not i'm not trying to sit here and say that indy car racing is as good as it's ever been it's definitely not 20 that the dw12 package was fantastic the one before that was fantastic um the arrow kit had its moments um we don't it's need def- to go through, but yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not as good as it's ever been, but it it also just it does depend on perspective because I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of Formula One fans come over and watch IndyCar and they're in love with it. I mean, granted, obviously well, yeah, their, perspe- if I, their perspective is is different. It it it's all it's all perspective. And yeah, also if I saw if I had a damn antenna TV back in 1950 and then I come and I see like a, a big bulky tv from 2004 that had hd yeah i'm gonna be like wow this is incredible but yet you're in 2023 and you have you know 4k curved tvs that are amazing but yeah if you're coming from that yeah obviously you're gonna you're gonna let's not ignore the fact that cup racing has been a fucking mess for the past two years there has been some fantastic shit yesterday not yesterday monday we're moving in a generally better direction though generally i I think indycar's main problem right now is the schedule we indycar marketing i i'm just talking about the racing i don't really want to get into the marketing they they could they could fix their marketing issues it would not take that much it literally wouldn't you advertise during some cup races or something fucking uh higher 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 social media they're, people they're born trying in the 2000s not, yeah um well and they're, and they're doing that but i mean there's just I don't know. like i said I it's was... been better it's been better but um what the fuck was i talking about i don't know any card anyway any card's not perfect there's definitely some elitism. there but yeah yeah there's definitely some elitism i get your frustration i don't think it's i don't think it's as bad as it as, as maybe you do um but that's that's okay it is well i i think i think and i'll i'll leave it with this i think that i don't hear a lot of people throwing a lot of you know shade at indycar and that's what frustrates me the most is we don't we don't 
I feel like NASCAR doesn't badmouth IndyCar. I feel like there is a level of respect that is not mutual. And at some point, you got to, you kind of got to throw some back. I think it's, I think it comes down to NASCAR in the States is still king of the hill. And IndyCar can punch up and it's okay. And if NASCAR starts taking shots at IndyCar, it'd be punching down. I think that's, that's the issue. That is fair. That's a very fair point. Yeah. Um. I mean, you I can be know. frustrated with it all you want. I. I don't. I'm not going to yeah. get onto you for that. I. I get it. But also, yeah. it is. We have power. It reminds me. Like I said, it reminds me of Coda. It reminds me of Abu Dhabi for F1. It was unprecedented what they did, and it. You know, it worked out in the end because we saw a great finish, but it opened up Pandora's box and, you know, you're playing with fire. You know, eight out of ten times that Kirkwood wreck kills someone and you just bust through that, you know, barn door. You bust through, bust that barn door wide open, throwing that, throwing the green flag there. So, yeah, no, that's 100% fair. Yeah, 100%. But uh, other than that, Despite that, Joseph Newgarden is an Indianapolis 500 champion. We didn't even get there yet. We did. I mean, he, he passed Marcus Erickson. What do you want? You want to go play by play, foot by foot? No, but we I do want to talk the, the move coming off four. Like, holy shit. Well, first of all, I got to move I'm off on, two was pretty sweet. The move. Yeah. So when he yeah, that move, him getting getting to the outside of Erickson. Well, he made he learned. So he, I guess he. Once he saw Marcus snaking down the straightaway, he knew immediately what he was going to do. Everybody learned that. Yeah, it was Marcus Erickson. He pulled a move to win the Indy 500 last year. But, and thank God he won it because if he had pulled that move and he wouldn't have won, I mean, it it would have been all for naught because then you just gave up your best move and you lost the race. So at least he won. <laughs> um but you know, there's a double-edged sword of that. You're gonna, you got to figure something else out. Same thing's not going to work twice. Not yeah, at this high I mean, level of competition. It, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing to me. So he snookered, he snookered Joseph on the restart because the one, the one before that, he brought him up slow like Pato had, and well, that was the one wide. thing. Well, that was the one thing too because Pato did that on two restarts. No, no, no. He tried to. They waved off one. Did they say on TV why we thought it was because of the restart not going? Was that why, or did they not say anything? Well, it sounded like Marcus was trying to no, get I'm not it talking about the Marcus one. Oh, I don't remember. I I oh, couldn't okay. hear it at that point. Um, but it sounded like Marcus was trying to get the restart waved off, which that would have benefited. One? Yeah, it okay. sounded like or the one um. The one where it would have been the last wrecked. one because Marcus wasn't the leader on that one. That's right. And, it was the last one. I yeah. think I, I, I can't, I don't know. It's well, all no. blurry. It was, it was like went, 74 days ago. It feels like. Well, anyway, so he went earlier that last time. That's um, what I'm saying. It felt, it looked like he was trying to look like he was trying to go early enough to where they wave it off. And if they would have waved it off, they might not have gone back green. But, well, they couldn't have gone back green. They were coming to the white. Yeah, exactly. I wonder how they would have. I wonder how they would have ruled that. That would have been interesting. That would have yeah, been interesting. Because I feel. 
I wonder if that'd they would have sent him to the back. That'd have been off, oh, dude. They couldn't have. But just imagine it, fucking a guy over twice in one race like that. Well, I mean, you gotta think about it. Like, if I mean, it almost I compare it to the Kyle Bush Texas deal back in the day when he sped to keep from going a lap down. You know, you almost yeah, Kyle might not have intended the speed to keep from going a lap down, and Marcus might not intended to cause him to wave it off to delay the start of the race to win the race. But you almost got to treat it like it was intentional. And I feel like they would have had to do something about that. I guess I feel like you almost can't, you know, you're waving off the restart to essentially penalize the guy and you can't reward him with the win, the win in the Indy 500. Yeah. Either way, I'm really glad we did not have that. That that is one that is one con that would have been one controversy too many. Uh, we didn't need that, yeah. but I think it ended up ended up helping. Like not helping, helping, but it the only thing it helped was him maintaining the lead into one. I think yeah, and that's the thing. It almost that might have been his his biggest detriment because I think if no Joseph. If they have a normal restart, I think Joseph gets by him, and I think Marcus has a better shot of getting back around Joseph. Yeah, probably. So I, I think it on it honestly was might have been its downfall. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you I think you're probably right, but I feel like either I feel I feel like when he was coming to that restart, he felt like he needed to do something different than he'd shown the last time, and the last yeah, time he, he was... brought it in, he brought it up slow. I think so, he knew it was a sitting duck. Yeah. I either way, he he knew the only real option he had was getting a big enough advantage and snaking and trying to make that work again. And it it just wasn't gonna work. Joseph didn't follow him like Pato had and he didn't kill his momentum. I'm honestly surprised he was able to suck up to him as well as he was. Um, not getting the toe off of him, but it worked. So I can't no. I can't say um, anything, but yeah, showing around my laptop's gonna die. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, um, obviously pulls the move off and you know, kind of uses Marcus's move against him and wins the Indianapolis 500. Um, uh, one of the coolest celebrations I've ever seen, yeah, in my life. Like, that was that was one of those moments that just like it just you you felt it, you were like. It was one of those moments you are like inject that into my veins. Like it was the the elation and the emotion and the like just the visual of that was just awesome. Yeah. What was that like in the stands? Um, so we see him go into the little the pit there, I guess we're gonna call it. And we were we're like, where the fuck did he go? yeah <laughs> and they finally showed it to us i don't know everyone dude the whole place was going fucking insane yeah like what i mean you, from... hold on wait you're a new garden fan yeah what like coming through three and four like what are I you doing thought i was just sitting there like fuck 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 like i'm <laughs> i'm just nervous like he took yeah. the lead like what so he takes the lead in the back stretch the whole fucking place goes nuts and me included obviously they come through three and four. I immediately, as soon as he's out of my sight line, bam, right to the TV. And I see him dart all the way down to the pit lane entrance and back up. And I didn't, I could, 
I didn't process that in the moment to be completely like that did not, I didn't understand what he did at that moment. I just knew he darted inside. I didn't realize how far he was trying to, yeah, he was trying to win. Yeah. I, it didn't occur to me how far in, in he got at that moment. And yeah. And then you just dude. the longest part of the race. If it's the guy you're pulling for is that, coming off four to the start finish line it, yeah. it feels like it lasts forever and we're all basically we all went from cheering down the back stretch to just waiting like holding up like you could hear a fucking pin drop if there weren't cars going by you but yeah there's nothing there's nothing like the indy 500 coming down to a nail biter because at the at three hundred thousand people at the same time just jump up and go nuts it's yeah it's fucking insane. It, it's genuinely just, I don't know. Again, it's one of those, you got to experience it kind of things. You don't, yeah. you don't know until it happens. Obviously you didn't really get that last year because the race ended under caution, but yeah. And the guy I was pulling for finished fucking second. So yeah. And pretty much everybody yeah, was pulling thanks. for, yep. didn't really work out as well, but yeah. No, but it worked out this year. Your guy won. That was it cool. Was yeah. happy for you. It was fun. <laughs> he drank. He drank the milk. He didn't bathe in it like that fucking weird. Uh, he didn't full on take a bath in it like that fucking weird gimp video with the girl in the latex. Like, yeah, I so <laughs> I was. Uh, we were. <laughs> this was Saturday night. We're at we're at Saeed's, and <laughs> Ashley shows me that video from whatever year. Dude, what the fuck was IndyCar's mark? Like between that and like I am Mindy from from like like I could almost I almost like justify IndyCar's marketing crisis they've been in the past like couple years because I mean you you were kind of out of left you were in you were in the, like the deep weeds of the of the web you they know. were in the cornfields of they were out there. Um, with their marketing strategy back in the day, um, but uh, I was di- I was disappointed that the um, the the girl in latex was not was not in attendance to be there for Joseph's win. Um, yeah, yeah, that would have been that would have been funny. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, a very popular Indy five hundred winner. Yeah. Um, he wasn't <laughs> the first time I went to the Indy 500. I was about, I was just about the only guy in turn three pulling for him. And this time everyone was, it's just weird how all that works out. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, obviously what, what was it? 12 years he'd been trying and he, yeah. I mean, he hadn't really ever been close. I can't remember. He had like, uh well 16 was his closest but even then it was it would have it was between him and Munoz until Rossi stayed out and Munoz would have won yeah um that one he was he got up there with like 20 something to go in 19 but then fell back and those I mean, are like have to break it down he well, didn't. those he are like the t- those are like the only right two close there. ones yeah he hasn't been right there in think of it for the win and the closing closing laps pretty much ever i guess yeah and so like for him to his first i mean it says a lot about joseph to be there in that moment for 
obviously he's a world-class racing driver, but to be there in that moment of the Indy 500 for the first time in like the last, like, you know, you know, count on one hand, you know, number of laps, I mean, and to pull it off. I mean, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Well, and it's so odd too, because Joseph is regarded and rightfully so as probably the best oval driver in IndyCar yeah. right now. And it's not really that close. Like the yeah. last, I saw a breakdown, the last five IndyCar oval races, including this one, the only one he didn't win was the second Iowa and he was leading when the car broke. Yeah. So it's just, it it's really odd that he had never been in position to win the 500. Oh, only it's once in position. We we said it. Oh, <laughs> if yeah. you enjoy the Indy 500, you're not going to see anything like it the rest of the year. Yeah that that was the thought. That was a thought I'd been having recently. There's no reason we shouldn't be going to Michigan Speed Michigan International this weekend. I mean, I could I can I think I can I could think of a I could think of one good reason now. Yeah, uh, it's that. it's less of a good reason than it was. Yeah. I mean, we just about did the same thing in Indianapolis. So what's the excuse? Yeah, but yeah, but. Um, and means... and I'm a guy. I love street courses. I was reminiscing during the week. I was like, man, I really miss Houston, and I miss when Toronto was a doubleheader. And I love street course racing in IndyCar. It's fun to me. I, I I enjoy it thoroughly. I could watch onboards of drivers just manhandling these cars around street courses all day. Like I don't really care about the passing and whatever. Um, yeah. um, but why does everyone hate Santucci? He's an asshole. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's like I told I was we were talking about this in the grandstands about. I guess it was like halfway through the race, like when when Santucci really established himself as a contender in the race. I was like, man, he is so fun to watch, but you can't pull for him like I can't. I'm sure someone can, but it's like the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Like. uh I feel like Santucci, obviously, yeah, he was a fucking dart without feathers for the early part of his career um, and just an overall shithead of a person. I feel like he's I feel like he's gotten better and he he hadn't really gotten the credit for it. Like, I mean, we're all just the sum of our actions. And I feel like there is, you know, obviously there's a good reason for a lot of the criticism but the man has compartmentalized and taken his talent and his personality and left all the bullshit for the most part. And he comes into the biggest race in the world and never the greatest equipment and shows that, you know, he's got shit to play with. And I feel like you got to put some respect on the man and no one, it doesn't seem like anybody in IndyCar wants like, no, like, Nobody in the paddock seems to like him. You know, he catches flack from everyone. And you know what? You know, if IndyCar doesn't want him, I do. I want him back in NASCAR. Give me, I'll, I'll take Santucci all day long. Yeah, I mean, Santino, if he had had, I guess, a lick of common sense in his early years, like when he was in Formula 3 or whatever he was in and doing shitty things over there, if he'd had a lick of common sense back then, he could be he could be like a new garden or daily cuz i mean yeah. like you said he's he's got an interesting personality at the very bare minimum he's not boring um 
He's interesting. He's incredibly gifted on ovals. I mean, he's not finished yeah. outside the top 10 in an Indy 500 yeah. that he's been in. He's he's incredibly talented. He's a very uh, well-rounded race car driver, not even just in an Indy car. He yeah. impre- I, I was impressed in the few Xfinity starts he made. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got it all. He just has baggage from his european days and unfortunately that kind of thing sticks with you it makes it harder to bring sponsors in it makes it yeah and that makes it harder to employ him um obviously aj Foyt can pretty much do whatever he wants um but i don't know if they could pull a full season together for him well and they you know damn near won the indy 500 with him so you know put some put some respect on i mean just because as you know, as much of a shithead as he, you know, he was, and you know, people still want to think he is, which he might be. I don't know. I don't know the guy. He seemed like a nice guy the couple times I've met him. Um, uh what was when he's up there? Was there like a kind of a torn feeling in the grandstands? Like, damn, we want AJ to win, but not Santucci. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It seemed it depended on on who else was up there. So like anytime Pata was up there, it was less less excited. And then if if Erickson was up there and he was trying to pass him, they were much more excited because people don't. Yeah. Seem Dude, to they like kept that showing much. AJ on the broadcast in those closing laps, mm-hmm. and like it looked like AJ was about to cry. Like I was sitting there, oh, don't do this, man. No, I, dude, I was, I was honestly getting a little bit choked up. I was like, God damn it, yeah. Like, come on, Santino. Like, and when I dude mean, that restart happened, he took him three wide. I thought for a minute, I thought he was the leader. Yep, same for a minute, and I was like, oh my god, he's the leader. We're not getting this race restarted. Holy shit. Well, yeah, so... And then he wasn't, and I was like, fuck, I'm going to jump off the top of the grandstands if Marcus Erickson wins this race. That was my same thought. Um, Not jump off the top of the grandstands, but my same thought was as soon as that caution came out, I pretty much looked at Joe, and I think I said, did Santino just win this fucking race? And we were like... We didn't know, obviously. We were like, um... I don't know, did he? And we, it, it was funny because the the reaction to that was kind of, I don't know how I feel about this. Did Santino yeah. really just win this race? Yep, yep. <laughs> and it was really, and we were really confused by the by the scoreboard because we were like, it had our scoreboard. I don't know what TVs had, but it had Newgarden in fourth, and we we're like, that's not possible. Yeah, right? everything was all sorts of screwed up because at one yeah. point on TV they had Erickson as the leader, or no. First they had Newgarden, then they had Erickson, then they had Santino, and then it went back to Erickson. Yeah. Yeah. We had yeah, ours was like Erickson Ferrucci. Who the fuck was third? I don't remember. They had someone else in third and then Newgarden fourth were like, I know that restart was kind of crazy, but I don't know how you fuck that up. Like I, I assume scoring should stop as soon know. as doesn't anyway, matter. I don't know Either how they way. fucked that up. They throw Newgarden back to second. We were unsure of that that is like the one thing with ims is the screens are like they're big but like from from the stands it's hard to tell what's going on like i said it in the in in the show for the 600 you know 
Roger Penske has all the money you a man could ever want. And he buys his Indy 500 champion, some McDonald's and a Coors Light that he definitely didn't buy. And then also the screens there are tiny in comparison to the actual facility and what you actually need. And they're also not double fucking sided, which they, is some the, of them are now. Wow. Oh my yes. God. So like Way the go, ones Roger. in the main, the maybe ones in the main spots your damn, on the road course. Maybe you should cut your damn lights off at night and save you some money on your electricity bill at Indy and get some bigger screens. Just saying. I mean, that's fair, but like the main spots where you'd watch the road course, like where we watched last year, there's now a screen. There's like, or not where, not where we lost, watched last year, where we wanted to watch year before. Or no, I don't know. But there's Doesn't another matter. one that's double-sided. Yeah. Anyway, All right. well, Doug good. Bowles did a whole thing on it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's because I complained to him. Probably. Yeah. He said the one thing people talked about was there's not enough yep. screens. Yep. <laughs> Um, all right. So Joseph wins. That happens. What just take me through the next couple hours for you? Okay. So Joe and Kyle head down to the media center, and I tail with them with the intent of give trying me, to give me give me the sh- the shortest version you can give me with, but describing it the best because laptop's still gonna die. Why didn't you bring your cord anyway? Because I was um, on ninety eight percent. God damn. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, the three of us gallivant down to the media center. I'm trying to get my PBG car signed. Um, nerd. Did not. Did not happen. Joseph took forever. I'm checking the weather for Charlotte Concord, and I'm seeing it's cleared up, and I was disappointed beyond belief could have just texted me i could have told you it was raining and it never fucking stopped yeah so i don't i don't know what happened there i think i called you right after that and i asked what the deal was and you were like no it's definitely raining i'm like okay cool and i'm expecting like i'm expecting to be in limbo for about two more hours because i'm like it's only like six o'clock or 6 30 at this point and i'm like they're gonna wait a little bit right no i wasn't there so it sounds like that was the right call in hindsight to go ahead and get it and you called me and you said all you said was 3 p.m. Yep. And I lost my fucking mind. I am <laughs> sitting there in front of the media center going, I'm doing the fucking double. Yeah. Over and over and over. And I think people were staring at me They're like, I what is he talking about? What does that about? mean? Like, is but, he like Roger bring him a McDouble too? Like, what's that'd be awesome. But um no. Uh, so yes, I'm sitting there losing my absolute fucking mind, and get when off. When does phone Gluck you. approach you? Like when Gluck do, does when not do... approach me. So um, Joe leaves to go do some more media center stuff and this, that, and the other media center. I think he goes back, whatever. And I'm just standing out there, and I end up seeing Gluck. Gluck is sunburnt as fuck. He looks like <laughs> me most days, um, and. I just see him. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm gonna go see. I'm gonna go see if Gluck's going to the 600. Like that. That was my thought process. I'm just like, yeah. I'm just gonna go see if Gluck's going to the 600 because why not? And so I asked him. He goes, No, I got to get back to Denver or wherever the fuck he lives. Um. And I just, I just go, oh, okay, I'm going. And he goes, You're going? I was like, 
yeah, I'm going. My buddy sent me a ticket this morning. I'm going. And he goes, can I, can I document this? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? And he takes a picture of me first. This is not the one that ends up on there. And I'm holding all my shit. And he like showed me the picture. Like, is this okay? And I was like, God, I look like a dork. And he goes, we can retake it. I was like, yeah, let's do that. And I put all my shit down and I'm like, I'm like, let's get so funny because like, there's so many pictures I have of you. They're great pictures, but you're just holding all your shit. And it's like, dude, just put your shit down. Just <laughs> put your shit down. So I'm so glad that Jeff Gluck of all people got to experience that. <laughs> yeah. So and also you give me shit about having to retake pictures all the time. And you made Jeff Gluck retake your picture. <laughs> no, he offered to retake my picture. I did not make him do anything. And so we ended up shifting a little, getting the victory lane in the background and I have all my shit down and he gets this photo and we're like, he goes, this is good. I was like, yeah, it's good. That's good. And, um, bing, so bing, there, bing, bing, well, bing, he's bing. There, he's sitting there typing this tweet and I didn't really think much of it. And he goes, what's your, what's your Twitter? And so I spelled it out for him and I see him hit send and he's tell just him like, that we have a podcast. No, I didn't tell Jeff Gluck you we have a podcast. Bitch. Well, when we see him the next time at a tweet up, I'm sure he'll remember it. It was a pretty, pretty he well-known better. tweet. Someone will notice me, I'm sure. Um, right. I'll actually be kind of disappointed if no one recognizes me. But uh, are you fucking pretentious asshole? What? It's like the what? Dude, you shut the fuck up. You get recognized all the time. I do at the racetrack. I, I want to. Yeah. I want to experience it one time. Where you have to just sit there. And that just was be the like, first thing Dom Joseph and Taylor Kitchen said to me when I saw them on Monday. Really? They were like, "Yeah, yeah." They were like, "They're like your boys doing the double." I was like, "Yeah, it'll be here here in like an hour or two. That's that's hilarious. Um, yeah. but yeah. So he tweets it. It goes out, and my phone just starts. I just get fifty notifications right away, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, "Holy shit!" this like real now and i just kept I mean, like refreshing it like all the time everybody dude like brett griffin like jordan bianchi i know like, for uh, sure mike Kaz davis Grala, mike davis Kaz Grala. like yeah Kaz Grala quote tweeted it he did yeah okay, shit yeah um and there were a couple other people that did i can't remember off the top of my like the pope like fucking obama like it was every like everybody saw this damn tweet. I just remember reading reading through the replies, and I'm I'm like, oh my god, that's Brett Griffin. More than a third of the amount of people that were at the Indy 500 saw that tweet. Yeah, and so congratulations. Uh, like, yeah, so we we know for sure Mike Davis saw it. It sounded like Dale Jr. saw it. Um, they didn't they didn't say for sure which. Oh yeah, that's it. right. They said yeah, they were definitely talking about you. Oh, it had to have been hundred percent talking about um, you. I wasn't even the only one that did the double. There were a few people in the replies saying they were doing it too, and I saw they followed up. <laughs> no, they weren't. No, they followed up. They oh. they were de they definitely did it. Wow. They flew though. They cheated. Oh, that, I drove. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. yeah. Kyle them. Larson already technically did the double because he was there in Indy. Um, yeah. I wanted to jokingly like make a sign and say, "Hey, I did the double for Kyle," but technically he was there, so. That would have been, I feel yeah, like mine's better. Though. It. Yeah, you complete it. Like you did it, dude. I mean, that was that was unbelievable. Like I that that like worked out the way it did. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just glad. I've I've I mean my I'm just glad for you because my like my recognition it just went plummeted like these past couple weeks. And 
I I've I've been relegated to to Seth Seth's friend and I don't even know if I should say this and I'll think about it. You might cut it out. The guy with the girl from Instagram. That's that's been that's what I've been relegated to. So um yeah. Well, congratulations. Welcome to, welcome to my world, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many times I've been introduced as Buddy's friend. So <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my world i don't know yeah it happened several times at wilkesboro where someone walked up to me and like just you weren't even there like you know like he literally like he's on the show with me how do you not i don't know i don't talk as much as you do that's true it's definitely true. definitely yeah. plays a part in it yeah. but yeah so i ironically i want to tell this real quick uh yeah Darian, and so we were sitting there talking about the possibility of doing the double in the in the in the AM. And I looked over at Darian, I said, Hey, you going to the 600 tomorrow if it rains out? He goes, Hell no. <laughs> and I go, Oh, okay, I am. He goes, Wait, for real? Yeah. You're really gonna do it? And so, you know, after the Gluck tweet comes out, Darian and Joe and Kyle come out of the media center, and I'm gonna ride home, I'm gonna ride back with them. And first thing that anyone says to me is Darian. He goes, oh, I saw you on Jeff. I saw Jeff Gluck tweeted about you. Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, apparently everybody's seen it already. Yeah. Yeah. And so Except yeah. for me, apparently. Yeah. That was my favorite thing. I got to call you and I go, are you driving right now? And I was not. But he goes, but he goes, no, I'm not driving. And I said, okay, I'm going to need you to check Jeff Gluck's Twitter right now. And about seven seconds later, I just hear a, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was happy for the boy. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I go to bed at 1230 a.m. Classic. I'm hyped up, yeah. like super hyped. We got up at like 530 to go watch the bomb drop. Nice. And went to bed at about 1230 and woke up at three on the dot. I loaded the la I loaded everything. I preloaded the truck mm -hmm. and then loaded the last little bit of everything I needed. And hit the road, got through Ohio by about eight. Um, Thank ended God. Up fuck Ohio. Yeah. Fuck Ohio. But at, in the three to three to or the, the five to eight time window. Great. Best time to drive through Ohio yeah. um, on a on a holiday, at least. Um, end up in get around North Carolina around. I ended up around Statesville. And this was about noon. And I go to this rest stop. It was it was a rest. I'd never been to a rest stop like this before. It was one that exited to the left. And there was only one of them, and both sides confirmed. They got those are like coming back from Miami. Do they? Yeah, I'd never been to one before. I've never so seen it outside of that. Yeah. I stop at this this rest stop. I go to the bathroom and I walk out, and I can't find my truck. And I'm freaking <laughs> the fuck out, dude. I'm like, did someone really steal my truck in the five seconds I was in the bathroom? And it finally dawned on me after i walked up and down the aisle like twice oh i'm on the other side wow that is something that only if happened. you were in statesville though and someone stole your truck i would have come and got you 
that's true. Yeah, but still, I, I had all my stuff in there. I was going to be very upset. I mean, um, yeah, but that's that's after you complete the double problems. <laughs> that's yeah, that's hundred percent true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was the one. That was the one bathroom stop story that I wanted to tell earlier. Yeah, and thought it was funny. I was just like, I was like, Jesus Christ, I am, I'm, I am on the edge of of losing my mind right now. Just lack of sleep and just overdoing it because like i said i drove through the night on friday didn't go to bed till late on saturday only slept good saturday saturday or friday night saturday morning that's the only time i slept good in four days and then purposely essentially didn't sleep it was about 10 o'clock and we were all having a conversation and someone goes what time are you leaving tomorrow and i go oh about three and they're like you need to be in bed like right now. I was like, yeah, but like, I'm not going to be able to sleep. So there's no yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. It's like, I, I can't like, so yeah, got to the track at, I think right around one. Right about one. Yeah. Right yeah. about one and got parked all the way behind the drag strip. Like I've Fucking never ridiculous. parked. I have never parked that far back at Charlotte in my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, I do. I mean, yeah, there was a race scheduled for 12. So yeah. that explains why I got but, 6%. Okay. So I'll wrap this up. So yeah, get there and you did the damn thing. Did the damn thing. Like, I couldn't, I got there and I'm, I was in shock. It like, was the weird. Whole day. It was weird. I've been at so many races with you and I'm sitting there staring at you and it was just weird. Like you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, that's the way it felt. Yeah. It was like, yeah. this is all just bonus. And then the Xfinity yeah. race lasted until midnight. And I'm just like, of course, this yeah. whole day yeah. has to just extend yeah. as long as I possible. did. I did the world 900. You did like the fucking. I did the math. So I missed the first 48 laps of the Xfinity race. So I did the 1372. Wow. Or same 28 or whatever it was. Same year I was born. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's that's going to do it. Yeah. Wow. Um, you did the double. I did the We've double. It was just funny that we talked about this with some, with Ryan Pemberton. Was it Ryan? Yeah, Ryan Pemberton yeah. a couple mo- couple months ago, and then you actually complete it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. it's still just I, – I can't really believe it actually happened. Marcus and Graham Smith saw – oh, yeah, I didn't tell you about that. Marcus and Graham Smith. So I you, walked up yeah, to Graham. Yeah, you and, briefly told me about it. But we don't yeah, think we, I walked yeah. up to Graham, and he's like – He's like, did your boy make it yet? I was like, no, not yet. We'll be here soon, whatever. I but, wish I'd have run into him, but yeah, yeah, that would have been cool. That would have yeah. been cool. But you're you'll forever be known as Buddy's friend who did the double. And you'll be known as the friend of the guy that did the double. No one yeah. will know my name. They just know that I'm the guy I, that did the I double. I hope so. I that would be so fucking funny. <laughs> but old Bowski. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'll live on forever. It'll be another just indie like lore. The guy who did the double. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. I mean, like, like I said, we better get an uptick of liftership or I'm they be talked about like they didn't mention my name or anything, which of course no one knows it, but I got brought up on Dale Jr. download for like half a second. Yeah. Like that's yeah. Anyway, you just froze, I, and I thought you—I thought my laptop died. But yeah, you just froze, yeah. and I thought your laptop died. So, 
We're yeah. gonna end this. We're gonna go ahead and end this. Uh, do sundress and dumbass for the Indy oh, five hundred. Right. Uh, um, I went just with Joseph as my sundress. I'm just gonna be a gomer here. Fine by me. Uh, sundress for me for Indy. I mean, easy one. AJ Foyt and that whole team and Santino. Uh, but then also the long care crew in Indianapolis. All right, fair. Uh, and my dumbass is IndyCar race control. Um, that's fair and hilarious that you gave them and NASCAR. They did the double too. Uh, dumbass is Pato Award for making that dumbass move. Fair. And yep. Sundress is also you because you did the double. So that's cool. But well, uh, yep. Yep. So last yep. thing picks for Joe... Indy 500 next year. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, okay. I'm not okay. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick Pato. He's gonna finally get him one. Um, cool. It would be cool. Uh, last thing is Joe sent me a bunch of clips from the some stuff he had vlogged uh, f- during the 500, and I think some before. I don't. I haven't actually gotten a chance to go through it yet. I tried to vlog a little bit um, on the way down. I didn't really finish it, but I'll. I'll add something. I'm going to try and put a video together about it. Um, so whenever I can get around to that, that'll be out. Um, so if you're interested, go subscribe to the Big Motor Small Blade podcast on YouTube. If you're listening, if you're watching, also subscribe if you haven't already. It's free and it's fun. And we have content not really like this, but what um, similar uh, on a regular basis. So uh, he's been Buddy, aka uh, Seth's or the guy who did the doubles friend, and I've been Seth, aka Buddy's friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, also we'll uh, we'll put out if you're listening to this the Q and A video from the other days probably or not video well maybe video uh, from the other days probably already out um, or at least the audio hopefully is. I was trying to, I was trying to, I'm trying to upload, I'm trying to export the video so I can actually get the YouTube video up. Uh, So we'll see. All right, we'll send me the audio when you can. And yep, yep. all right. Have fun, y'all.